0: What's a Silicon Valley guy got to do with agriculture? I mean, you can't get further from south of the earth, no? Well, think again. Hi, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast and the Packers Editor of Retail, Education, and PMG, or Produce Market Guide. This week's episode is brought to you by Zag Technical Services, and it features a chat with Johnny McGuire. Director of Information Technology at the Nunes Company, a farm based in Watsonville, California. Johnny's also the Chairman of ProduceSupply.org Cybersecurity Council. Expect to learn from this episode how this expert has created cybersecurity best practices for the entire produce industry, who can join in, and why it matters. Now let's join the chat with Johnny.
1: Welcome back to the tip of the iceberg podcast with the Packer and talking all things ag tech. I'm your host, Rob Collins, Director of Marketing at Zag Technical Services, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melinda Goodman at Full Tilt Marketing. Hey, Melinda.
2: Hey, how are you today, Rob?
1: I'm doing awesome. Now, hey, tell me, did I see you on the LinkedIn's talking about 4-H Achievers or Achievement Day the other day?
2: I did. You know, it's uh, here in North Dakota. It's fair season. That's what summer is for us here. And I was a 4-Her for my own days, going way back, forty-some years ago. I think that just says I'm old. But I showed livestock. I had all kinds of projects at the fair. And now I serve on our county extension advisory board. And when possible, I certainly volunteer and you know do what I can to help 4-Hers. So yesterday, I got to help judge the creative arts at the 4-H. Um, Achievement days associated with our county fair, it's always fun to see their excitement as they bring their projects in that they've been working on. Some that they've worked on for months, and let's be honest, they're not much different than our marketing folks. Some that they did the night before just because it was on a deadline and they had to get it. It happens. Maybe they're marketing people in the making. I'm not totally sure. Or produce people in the making, maybe. Still,
1: you're giving us a bad name.
2: <laughs> no, I hey. I think... It's young people that's exciting just in general to see their passion and enthusiasm for leadership and for agriculture in general. And I've got to work with a lot of FFA students over the last few months as well.
1: Wonderful. So good to be giving back like that. So props to you. Hey, shall I uh, intro our guest today?
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see what we're going to learn today.
1: Oh, it's going to be huge. So today we are joined by Johnny McGuire, Director of Information Technology at the Nunes Company in Watsonville, California. Johnny is also the chairman of the Produce Supply Org Cybersecurity Council. So Johnny has been on the front line of IT software development and tech engineering since the 90s. So I'm dating him there. He's going to get grumpy and uh, has been uh, seen the evolution of technology and the role it plays in business growth and the challenges that come with it. So Johnny and other industry leaders at Produce Supply Org have had a hand in major industry issues like e-commerce, RFID, blockchain, and cybersecurity. So it's quite a mouthful. And in fact, most recently, I worked with Zag, actually, uh, with the PSO to create some cybersecurity best practices for the produce industry, which is quite cool, because as we have discussed previously, Melinda, there is no end to the attacks coming against produce organizations.
2: That's right. So, Johnny, welcome to the podcast. We're going to learn some good things today.
1: Thanks, Melinda and Rob.
3: I'm excited to be here.
2: So Johnny, you just, uh, you and I met just a few minutes ago for the first time. Uh, I'm surprised our paths haven't crossed in fresh produce all of these years. But you just a brief intro to a piece of my background in agriculture and kind of love of 4-H and FFA. And that's really the first place that I started and found my way into this industry. But I got to know, how did a tech tech guy like you find your way into the produce industry? I love people's career paths and how they get here.
3: No, it's a very interesting and sordid story, Melinda. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, going back to the 90s, I was a Silicon Valley guy working in IT and development and, and was a victim around, I don't know, 2002, something like that, of, you know, the bubble burst. A lot of people were laid off. There was massive reductions in force everywhere. And, you know, so I was out of work for a little bit, which was kind of a new feeling. And I was approached by a friend of mine who was a kind of a senior vice president type for a produce comp for a couple of produce companies. And, you know, we went on to, to, to run a, a major berry company that that everybody knows he said, hey, Johnny, I've got this company that I'm president of, and I'm trying to turn around. It's a produce company, and we need some technical folks in to, to come in and help this uh, initiative. So, you know, very good, very trusted, very good friend of mine. And I said, well, sure, let's I'm looking for something. So let's try this. And then bam, I'm in produce, the produce industry, right? I instantly had this great connection with this industry. It's, it's a wonderful old industry. And finding that sweet spot of technology within produce You know, I felt like I'd found a home. And so I really haven't looked back since then.
2: I love that you instantly had a connection with it because I think people who are in the produce industry are quick to say people either love this industry or they hate it. And if they love it, they stay forever. But initially being a Silicon Valley Silicon Valley guy and then sort of being recruited into the into the produce industry, into agriculture, was there a moment of hesitation like, wow, I am going from what feels like the cutting edge of technology to agriculture? Like was there hesitation of like, I don't know, but I'm unemployed. So what the heck? Or
3: you know, I think there was a few second thought. You know, when I showed up at work and it's these dusty portables and you know the facilities <laughs> are not really the same as we were used to over in Silicon Valley. But people and the work they do and how they work and you know supply chain. You know, I'm interested in supply chain in general, and this is a fascinating
1: supply chain.
2: That it is.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's incredibly complex and quite interconnected and particularly with EDI and the like increasingly uh, connected in a digital way, which makes me think, Johnny, when we look at IT in the produce business, I don't know. I mean, what's your experience been? Do people spend time thinking about IT, let alone its role in you know the business of farming, where do you see ag and fresh produce sitting in the maturity, if you like, in the adoption of, of technology?
3: So I think as a supplier in the industry, I think our customers bring us along a lot. We have to, I'm going to name some names, you know, you know, our customers are Walmart and folks like that and they're who are very bleeding edge technology adopters and, you know, so we get pulled along a lot and we have to keep up with these guys. You know, we do it, do a lot of networking, as you mentioned, the produce supply.org, great organization, 25 or so different produce companies that, you know, allows for a lot of networking. You know, we can stay up on things, our um, vendors keep us up with things. very actively with ZAG technologies and so they uh, they're a real resource for us in, in keeping up what's going on and I'm not sure if I answered the question correctly but anyway.
2: Don't we all feel that way from time to time? No, you answered it great, which is really that it's maybe not that everybody choose, gets up and chooses IT every day, but if your business is demanding it and somebody's dragging you along like you go. And do you think people are going willingly at this point or is there still some maybe kicking and screaming?
3: Well, it depends on the initiative, right? You know, I mean, that's really how the produce supply.org was how we came to be, you know. So kind of, again, going back to the internet bubble, you know, around 99, 2000, there was just this plethora of B2B EDI providers that popped up. And so, that you know, the produce industry and companies were just inundated with these providers saying, we can connect you to, to Kroger, we can do this, we can do that. And really, this organization came as a result of that. And, you know, under the under the kind of auspices of being stronger together and working through these decisions together, sharing points of view, that kind of thing. And so there was a lot of good networking there, started that organization you
1: so you know being an it director can be a bit of a lonely gig it's not like you have typically dozens of people in your department and all that kind of stuff and so i guess you know you've mentioned pso a bunch of times i talked about it the head of the uh, call to or the podcast today and i'm just um I'd like to know know more about it because those groups can have really material and lasting impacts on the industries that they serve right so why don't we go back to the start and your involvement you know where what was the cause the trigger for pso to be formed and where did it Start. Well, it was exactly
3: that. It was, again, it was these B companies inundating the industry with offer solution offerings at the time. And as the internet was taking off, you know, the, the produce industry, you know, we're in a commodity business, right? So you can put broccoli into any box, you know, whether it's a DREGO, it's a TNA, it's a Foxy box. So there's a lot of referencing, a lot of suppliers grow for each other, they purchase you know, from each other, that kind of thing. So there's, it's very, refer- it's highly referential, you know, if something comes up and we say, well, what's what are they doing? You know, so there is that kind of basis, but building on PSO kind of built on that to come together. I think we have 25 member companies now, something like that, you know, to, come, you know, again, come together, review, discuss and analyze these technology initiatives that were coming at us, drive kind of better decision making through kind of of more uh, group share. That's really what it started. And it started with EDI and they've been together 20 plus years now. And and there have been different initiatives along the way. We had big RFID initiatives that were very challenging. And more recently, we've had, we do a lot, kind of one of our tent poles there is is traceability. Tracing, if somebody gets sick in New York City from a FDA decides it's, it's iceberg lettuce, well, how, do, how are they going to trace back? How do you trace forward? You know, if you get, if you're testing and you're doing food safety, testing and find a, a positive result. Well, how do you trace forward and alert everybody? So I was very involved personally in those systems, but that was really taken on by PSO to to work on together to solve that problem. But, you know, most recently we've been very dedicated to cybersecurity. We've seen a number of our members, unfortunately, fall victim to ransomware attack. And so we've done a lot of work in the last couple of years around this to the point where we wanted to bring something into the industry because we have to lift everybody up. That's kind of our charter, right? It's like, it's not individual companies. We want, you know, because we network so much, because we have VPN connections uh, from each other. And these VPNs might be last six weeks, the season's done, and then that we move on, we take them down we're nomadic and, we, and it creates a, a wide attack surface and we've seen this you know with our members of companies that have had you know these disastrous attacks so what we did is we last year we actually got together and we met as a group um, over a period of probably six months or so and we developed a set of standards that we feel were really targeted and really reasonable and usable or uh, for produce companies like ours and so we've been doing a lot around promoting that doing outreach the farm bureau western growers, a lot of the trade to really talk about that and kind of extol the virtues of the work we did.
2: So I'm curious, in some ways, cybersecurity, your work on cybersecurity is different than some of your previous work. Some of the other previous work has really become a product of, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, a customer needing something, right? They needed e-commerce. They were looking at RFID or traceability and you were having to react to that. This became something very different, almost internally initiated versus like, how do we catch up? Did that change the way you approached it or or did it create a different environment for solving the problem?
3: We did this as a subcommittee to the PSO and really the inception of it, it was myself and a gentleman, Greg Gatsky from Zag. We do a lot of talking together and Greg brings a, a very unique perspective. He's very involved in the, in agriculture, cybersecurity, and he, you know, I've known Greg 15 years or so, and he was talking about this back then and I've seen him as a real leader. And I felt listening to him that the PSO would be just a great organization to do this. And I think it took us to the next level, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right and you make a great point, Melinda. This is not. Not really driven by the buy side so much, but cause of the disastrous ramifications of these attacks and the fact that our membership is so greatly impacted, we felt we needed kind of a call to action and to do what we could to, to stop the
1: bleeding here, so to speak. And these are correct me if i'm wrong public standards not exclusive to the group i mean something. (laughs) no no no
3: no no, no this is something we've published we've been yeah great point rob you know so we've been doing a lot of outreach with this like i said the farm bureau and and various different organizations we want to bring up the little guys we want kind of everybody so we're trying to get as many grower shippers suppliers in the produce industry engaged as we can yeah very much so those are the guys we need to get to you know
1: Company big and small relies on technology from the field to the warehouse to administration. Uptime stability is critical to your bottom line and to supply chain continuity. Cybersecurity is one of the greatest risks to modern agriculture.
2: Contact Zag Technical Services for your technology risk assessment and let us check your tech. Visit zagtech.com. You have about 25 members, right? And mostly bigger members. Those of you who have taken that lead, that initiative to stand up and and assume the leadership role and responsibility for the industry, but recognizing that you're all stronger together, like you're only as strong as sort of that weakest link is super important. And that small guy can provide an equal pain point for the industry as the big guy can in some ways.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, and because we said you know we're so connected through working in this commodity business, the attack surface is wide, and we need to be careful together.
1: Yeah, and I think too. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. The you know you mentioned some of the larger retailers on the call. I mean, they're looking at their supply chain, right? The security of their supply chain. They're looking downward, so to speak, into their suppliers and doing essentially external security audits. Yeah. I think there's going to be more and
3: more of it, Rob. I think we're eventually going to get scored on this. I think that, you know, that's coming. I think we're going to have to provide more incident response and DRP disaster recovery plans to them to show that we're kind of where we are and how well we can recover because they rely on us for, 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 for year round supply of fresh vegetables.
1: Yeah. Linda, we've talked about some of the crazy hacks, whether it's Las Vegas, fish tanks. But more seriously, we've talked about impacts on food service from large security incidents. We've talked about impacts in retail with produce not being on the shelf due to very, very large organizations being impacted. And I think it would be re- negligence, too strong a word, but certainly remiss for the industry not to be expecting, as Johnny said, that some of these very, very, very big players in food service and retail will be looking down into their supply chain and the IT security component. Being prepared,
3: you know, having a plan, doing everything you can and creating a layered defense against these attacks is very important. And we want to impart that knowledge on everybody. That should not be a secret, right? Part of what we're also trying to do is is try and take out some of the shame with this. We see a lot of people that don't want companies that kind of put their head in the sand. They don't want to talk about this problem where we need to know how we need to help us. So, you know, that's a flag that we're trying to fly as well as, you know, we're trying to get this bubble of shame around cyber attack.
2: I appreciate that. And we were just randomly on another call today and talking about the importance of kind of looking at that top-down security for companies. And another longtime produce industry member said, once you lose a sale, you don't get it back. And it's not just in your company. It's there's not product on the shelf that week. If there's no lettuce this week in Walmart or any other grocery store, the consumer doesn't come back next week and buy two heads of the lettuce. That's a lost sale for them and a lost sale for you during that period of time.
3: Yeah, I mean that's a loss. That'll probably lead to a loss of business for us. The big retailers—they're very—they we jump through hoops. You got to pay to play.
2: What's next for PSO? Like, what's the next big thing that your group is working on, or we should be thinking about?
3: So right now we have our, our July meeting coming up and I'm preparing to set out the agenda for that. So two real key points on, on it are, again, it's a, bit, a little bit more of the same. We've got the FISMA 204 the Food Safety Modernization Act, the 204 rules coming in around traceability and record keeping around the different nodes in the supply chain, critical tracking events and the key data elements that we need. You know, in terms of record keeping, there's going to be a lot of change coming down from FTA on that. So, you know, we're taking that on together. We've got expert speakers coming in, folks from FDA, etc., to help through that. So definitely traceability and then cybersecurity again. We will be doing, we've got some more work to do there, right? We've, we've done a great job of creating kind of the standards based on the National Institute of Technology there. Cybersecurity framework is what we built it on. And there are kind of five or six key categories in there. But we think that we need to simplify that a little bit, you know, make it a little bit more digestible and then continue outreaching that. So. It's
1: really not a lot new, kind of more of the same at the moment. We've got work to do on this stuff. Sounds good. So if uh, one of our listeners is interested in learning a little bit more about PSO's work, where do they go?
3: So, you know, bestplacesproducesupply.org is our URL. It's the same name, and we have a feedback form there. And by all means, feel free to reach out to me at at any point.
2: So, Rob, what's your big takeaway today? Uh, Johnny's given us lots of insights and, and cool stuff that they're working on.
1: Well, this one's a tough one because there's a lot to unpack there actually if, <laughs> if we think about it, right? And I think the big thing is the Project supply.org's commitment to, in a sense, transparency, the need to, you know, their commitment to lifting everybody up, that they've got standards that are applicable to a smaller grower through to a enterprise scale organization and the importance of cybersecurity within the supply chain and how one impacted party it's like ripples in a pond yeah sort of starts to spread out into the entire community and ecosystems so you know the commitment to securing our food supply chain from an IT point of view is super interesting and I think that's my that's my big takeaway what about you
2: Man, I think my big takeaway is really pausing at this idea that our customers are going to start looking at each of our grower shippers in sort of making this expectation, demand that you are equally secure, that it's, we're not just going to give you a, we're not going to ask for your food safety certificate alone or your social responsibility or your sustainability credentials. We're also maybe going to start giving you a score on your ability to have disaster recovery plans, good, clean technology hygiene that's going to protect their food supply chain i mean that's sort of a huge epiphany to me
3: that's really evolving right i've been at newness six years or so something like that now and i had no idea that i'd be working so much on cybersecurity. it's out there it's growing it, you know we gotta win we gotta beat the criminals right
2: beat the criminals today's takeaway beat the criminals
1: there we go that works for me i'm down with that yeah
2: Well, Johnny, thank you for joining us today. I think you've reaffirmed what I've always known to be true, that agriculture, despite its very competitive nature, is a highly collaborative group that really understands the success of one is only as good as the strength of the whole. And together, we're going to need to find all the solutions to all the problems that will allow us to do what we do best, and that's grow food and feed the world. And by making our businesses and ultimately our industry stronger, we're more secure and more able to do that. So thank you. It's been a pleasure learning about your commitment to advancing technology in the fresh produce industry. And thank you to the Packer for allowing us to share these stories on the Tip of the Iceberg
3: podcast. Thank you, Melinda Rob. Really enjoyed the conversation today as well.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I like how Johnny felt at home in a career that marries cutting edge technology and traditional agriculture. And that some of Nuna's customers like Walmart are cutting-edge technology adopters. And he finds, even he finds himself getting pulled along in that to keep up. I mean, a lot of the technology that I've learned is because my job requires it. So it's interesting that people who are tech experts, the same thing. But as same as my experience, networking also helps him. And you know what else is good for networking? our GOPEX conference in South Florida in January, and the West Coast Produce Expo in Palm Springs, California in May. In the meantime, don't hesitate to check out our other Tip of the Iceberg podcast episodes. In our last episode, Blanca Acosta, Director of Care and Culture at Abundant Harvest Organics, which grows for homegrown organic farms, shares how taking care of your produce employees means listening to and acting on their day-to-day needs in their specific work environments. That can mean sleeves for your field ladders, picking up fruit in walkways, warm-up exercises before shifts, and boxes for menstruation products in the bathroom for women. Anyway, if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on your preferred podcast platform. Podcast platform. It really does help us out. So seriously, subscribe button. And have you heard of our free professional development courses at produceedu.com? We have all sorts. Our newest one is all about understanding organic labels. There are actually a lot. And there's also courses on produce buying fundamentals, merchandising, food waste, indoor growing, and more. You can add this training to your LinkedIn profile. There's certificates of completion that you could show. You can use it as evidence of why you should get a raise or a promotion or a new job. Remember, it's at produceedu.com. In this episode's show notes, you can find many ways to follow us for more produce information, news, tips, and insights. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time.